Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined to my right, I have Vance. Joined to my left, I have Ranger. Vance is... I'm in front of Ranger. He is. We were in front of some Rangers a couple days ago. Absolutely. That was uh, that was interesting. Oh, but I might as well say, hey, Todd, you're on the phone. Yeah. There you go. Todd okay. was in Rangers, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. In, out, in, out about 100 times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what we're talking about was that the uh, the open house at Vicks. Where's Vicks? I didn't drive. Kent, Ohio. Vicks Marine in Ranger Boats. They sponsor this podcast. Todd and I and Andy was up there on Saturday. Uh, Todd and I were also up there on Sunday. Uh, we did a couple seminars up there uh, for their open house. Um, and it was a good time. It was a good time talking muskies. Uh, I don't think that there really was a uh, a muskie crowd up there, so it was all new to them, and I think people enjoyed it, what uh, Todd and I had to talk about. Absolutely. I was there. I was uh, manning the booth, so to speak, mm-hmm. and then I'd walk <laughs> around. But there was there's quite a bit of people. I don't know. Did they get a head count? I, I I didn't hear I didn't hear, but there, there was a lot of people. I mean, it was like an outdoor show on Saturday. It was a lot like an outdoor show because there's a lot of people Saturday and Sunday, not near as many. But uh, mm-hmm. man, they had great food for everybody. I'm gonna I tell you what. A lot of people just were down there hanging out because why not? <laughs> because the hot dogs. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. I I couldn't even believe you found them. Did they special cook those for you? I saw two hot dogs the whole time, and Andy had them. Yeah, they had a a kid's menu, but they're they're Italian. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're Italian, so when they do something like that, I was kind of taken aback. You you walk into this, like, giant airplane hangar filled with boats, and it – I mean – I was more excited about the food, the the smell in the place. It just smelled like a an Italian <laughs> there's meal. Like a, you know? There's like a kitchen brewing up homemade sauce and rigatoni and meatballs and Italian sausage. It was it was a it was neat. Yeah. So I went up to get food, okay, <laughs> and uh, I was late to the party there because I let like everyone else eat. So I show up and I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right. I said, this is a first timer here. What uh, what's on the menu? And she's like, "Well, we got meatballs, we got sausage." And I said, "You got anything more American?" And she goes, "There you go, my kind of guy." And she pulled out two hot dogs. Oh my! I did not say, "Do you have anything more American?" She says, "We have hot dogs." I said, "Give me two of those if I could." And she they were in the they were in there from last year. (laughs) I'm still alive, aren't I? You dressed it up, didn't you? Hot dog uh, you dressed it up. You gave it the works, right? Yeah, I put it in a bun and ate it. Oh, my. <laughs> okay. yeah. No yeah. ketchup, no nothing. I'll tell you what, why would you ruin a good thing? It was, It was. yeah, I, I didn't, I tried to look the other way. Man, I'm talking but, uh, onions, Big Sports relish, Center, it was cool. Mustard. No. No. Oh, my. So, anyways, Vix. Vix Sports Center, Ranger, Starcraft, Star Weld, uh, that's a you know the, the one thing I was looking at was those uh, uh, the Ranger aluminum boats are real nice. The Ranger rep was there. We got to talk to that guy. So yeah, I mean it was it was cool. They do service on the Yamaha, Evinrude's, 
Merck's, all the major brands. Uh, get a hold of them. Great service. Boats everywhere. This is something they do all the time. Sell boats all the time. Don't talk so about that. They're accustomed to it. That that Ranger aluminum. I know Andy was standing right next to me when we were looking at that aluminum boat. They're solid, huh? We, yeah, we were punching the hulls, so to speak. Yeah, they're a lot more solid than you know. I would say my aluminum boat or Todd's. Yeah, uh, there's mm-hmm. by solid. We're going off of make a fist and kind of like reach down under the hull mm-hmm. and give it a good thwap. Yeah, and it just sounds like dead. Even the sides. You know how you can like kind of touch your aluminum boat and there's some give to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there in those. No, they, they were. They were interesting. Yeah, they were. They, I think they got a good little corner there on the market with what they're offering at mm-hmm. their price points. Mm-hmm. And that one, that one didn't look all that gigantic, and it had like a one fifty on it. That big Evinrude. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was. You know, it was a it was a mean looking motor. It was. Mm-hmm. You know, we round, I round the corner. I'm like, whoa! Like, like, like a face of predator with his mask on. They were. Uh, yeah, yeah. Had, yeah, it was like a one fifty on a seventeen foot. Mm-hmm. aluminum boat looked like it it was just could float out there it was crazy i'd like to drive it aren't those those are two strokes huh those e-techs are, those are e-techs yes. yeah yep interesting so anyways great time vix marine thank you ranger boats thank you fatty z musky products fatty facebook instagram twitter um we've been a little more active on social media it must be springs around the corner mm-hmm. coming out of hibernation. But uh, I'm going to keep saying it. We got Musky Tackle online. They have an order placed. We have Team Rhino Outdoors. I was back ordered on some tails, so that order hasn't shipped yet. But supposedly I'm getting it this week. So plus, uh, I'd say in about a week or so, look for them, maybe two weeks, to uh, be updated on the store on Team Rhino. He has three new colors. So be sure to check them out. And what else is there? So if you're also looking to set up some boat boats, rod holders, um, had a lot of people talking to me recently. Feel free to ask any questions. Just uh, look me up on Facebook or Instagram. You can also email me. You can find it on the website, fattyzmuskie.com. And the store is up and running. There you go. Yeah, check out those TRO colors, those custom colors he he offers. uh, Exclusive. Exclusive, sorry. Um, Andy did a hell of a job painting them. I kind of want to snag a couple. Uh, They just look really, really clean. You can if you go to Team Rhino Outdoors and buy them. (laughs) Nice. No soup for you. Yeah. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. That's the website. Give us a call. Uh, we'll be fishing last Saturday in May through first couple weeks of November. Uh, getting calls and answering emails every day. So uh, get a hold of me if you know when you're coming. By all means, do it sooner rather than later. Make sure we can get you in between Vance and I. We still got we got lots of open, open spots. That will change as the season progresses. Uh, that's going to lead us into the Muskie Max. There's another place you can book up with us. Muskie Max is coming up. We only got a one or maybe plus. one more show. Muskie Max Plus, maybe one more show until we will be done with the Muskie Max show for 2018. That's going to be down at the Embassy Suites. 
I believe that's where, where it is. Embassy Suites, Moon Township. Weekend, March 9, 10, or 10, 11. Guys, help me. I don't have that written down in front of me. Uh, 10, 11. 10, 11. 10, 11, yeah. So, looking forward to it. We'll get to meet up with uh, our buddy Zach Baker. We're going to get to meet up with our buddy Dale Wiley. Both have been past supporters of the podcast. We use their stuff all the time. Uh, so, stop on down. Check it out. Always a good time. I have no idea what the new place is going to be like. Well, I mean, I do. I've been there before for some smaller things, but they're going to, they probably have the whole place rented. So looking forward to it. Kid friendly. Download your dollar off coupons before you go. Go to their website, www.muskymax.com. Get, get your $1 off coupon, might as well. And, uh, yeah, and Leo, Todd Leoparty, has been putting up some really nice photos of his mojos on Instagram. So check that out. I think it's, what's it, Leo Lures? Mm-hmm. Check that out. He's also, he helps put this on with his brother, Sean. Um, you know, with that, it only comes once a year, the Muskie Max. And I'm right now in this love-hate with it because... I really look forward to it, but at the same time, the amount of stress that I'm under in the next week and a half is just, it's astronomical trying to juggle all this other stuff. So it's going to be a big sigh of relief. I don't even know if I'm going to get my Belichick's ready. Mm. Oh, I, I got to go to Walmart. Oh, you're getting fresh. Well, I was going to make some. Oh, nice. Make some Belichick's and just sell them. Oh, and sell them. <laughs> and sell them. <laughs> oh, I mean, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I is there going to be any? Is there going to be any print on them? Well, I don't know. I mean, if it okay. wants to be authentic, it's got to be just plain. It's Maybe true. some toothpaste stains and paint and stuff. Some holes, yeah, nice. But uh, a whole burn burn holes from some welding. I do have a burn hole in one of them, and it's right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I tell the difference between them all. Mister Burnhole, <laughs> two white dots. We're going to be having some of those musky cutouts and walleye cutouts. Uh, if you've been following our social media stuff uh, at that show, a lot of it seems like we, we've gotten some good feedback about those things. We uh, have. Oh, and that reminds me. That's where I was going with all that. Is sometimes those things are a bear to ship. If you're interested at all in them, a show is a really great place to trade off and save on shipping if you can wait. Now, mm-hmm. granted, we're a week and a half out, so. I already have one cutout that is going to go home with someone. I almost had a whole boat set up of rod holders going home with someone, but it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So I also have some people picking up baits for other people. Mm-hmm. So we're not opposed to that. We're small enough. If there's anything, I mean, besides asking us to go buy out a booth of <laughs> certain baits, yeah. we can't do that. But... Um, anything of ours, if you have a friend going, you can't make it and you want to save on some shipping, uh, let's just try to work this out, make mm-hmm. it convenient for everyone. But yeah, like Vance says, we have the musky cutouts. I have three, three different kinds of smaller ones that are going to be there. And then I might have a couple big ones. Uh, if anyone saw the post I put about the big, my big, uh, silhouette scene on my wall, it's that musky without all the other bluegills and, um, the lily pads in the bottom it's just the musky silhouette so it's big it's like 51 inches and it'd be awful to try to ship Mm -hmm. so anyways 
we'll put them up here. You know, we'll see what's anything's left over. Put them up on uh, Facebook. But all right, that'll take us into. Uh, I just want to mention the uh, Chautauqua Lake Muskie Tournament, uh, the Chautauqua Lake Showdown that Zach Baker is uh, putting on June twenty third. Uh, 2018 at Chautauqua Lake. It starts at 7 a.m. It ends at 3 p.m. Uh, Muskie Zinc members, 25 bucks to get in. Uh, 35 bucks for non-members. There's a $5 big fish pool. Um, it's shaping up to seem like it's going to be a really big tournament up there. A lot of boats in it. Um, so you can register uh, at the Mayville launch at 6 a.m. if you're... Uh, running a little behind but get a hold of zach and you can sign up for that uh tournament on the 23rd at chautauqua lake that is also muskie's inc mm -hmm. great organization mm -hmm. big thanks goes out to them to have the good old days of muskie fishing right now mm -hmm. and i think that um you know c just continuing on with their plan that they have going forward it's just a really good um, organization to, to you know hit your wagon up to. I mean it it I, I don't I don't want to say it saved musky fishing because I think there would always be muskies. Like you're never gonna catch every one of them with hook and sinker and well if you use sinkers, but you know, hook and line <laughs> and bobbers hook and cane poles. <laughs> hook <'em. laughs> Snagging hooks. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's it's just you know check out a local chapter, and you know the big thing is you know that they're really promoting educating people, getting people that are getting into the sport, getting them into the club. You know they really spearheaded the catch and release movement. It's not even a movement anymore. It's just the way it is. You know these uh, these things are like you know blue marlin. You just don't keep them. Nobody keeps them. <laughs> you just get your replica, which is great. And, you know, that was spearheaded back, started in the 70s by Muskie's Inc. And uh, uh, that's where we're at today. They had a lot to do with it. You know, I mean, I, I, that's where I really started here. Realized how many people released, were releasing them, you know. Um, so, and they have, they're, they're going in other directions now, starting some other things, trying to work with the local, uh, local fisheries. Uh, you know, I think they did a big vote and, you know, the thing the guys really wanted was to promote habitat. They're going to start working on that. They have a biologist on board. So, you know, by all means, you know, check out your local club. You can join, you can have an online membership. You can be a non-affiliated membership, but, uh, the, the, the money is going to good places and it's helping clubs, uh, throughout the country. Pro probably every state that has muskies has a club associated with it. Uh, most states have a couple so uh check out your local club see what they have to offer obviously sometimes it's a little too far to travel to get the meetings and i mean i don't even go to the meetings much anymore but uh i'm still going to be a member as long as i'm around so uh you can check take that out. to the bank as long as todd's alive he's going to be a member mm -hmm. i was yeah. trying to put more than like one line of a song with something that Todd mm -hmm. was saying. Nope. So with that, Todd, <laughs> drop your latest track. That's retired. <laughs> Todd retired last weekend. Mm -hmm. But uh, hey, I had a mic in my hand. 
You did. I thought you were going to seminars. I was. I was. It was. It was hard. I had the itch. It did. I. I, I looked to throw out some bing, bing, bang yo-yos, but I, I know those people had no idea. And he would have pulled out a Duncan out of his pocket. I saw that fire in your eyes. <laughs> that one didn't mm-hmm. land with you. No, I didn't. Yeah. I said he would have pulled a Duncan out of his pocket. He said yo-yo, Duncan oh. yo-yos. Okay, it was oh horrible. My gosh, it was horrible. But I had to at least was. at least let people hear that. Oh man! <laughs> All right. Okay. Good stuff. All Synchro right. rods. Best on earth. Check them out. Great warranty. It's Great. musky rods we use. I use mine as a push pole. You do. I, I say that all the time. You do. But also, after I get done pushing my boat, I'm out there banging fish baby with it. Nice. Nice way to slip that in there. I didn't think anyone would notice. All right. If you guys had to choose... I'll give a scenario, and then I can just break it down real quick. <clears throat> You're going on a fishing trip somewhere. Let's just say five days. And you have a choice. You're driving along. There's a Y in the road. You can go to Lake X that is developed all the way around. You're sleeping in a motel, and you're fishing essentially in, like, city limits. Or you can go to Lake Y which is essentially you're pulling up to a spot underneath some pine trees that have been cleared from, you know, some deer and bear have been sleeping there. And you sleep on the ground, you know, with whatever, a tent, I don't care. But you're fishing a lake that has nothing around it. So more or less, I'll break this down. You you have the comforts of home at a hotel room, but you're fishing and more or less at a you know urban environment or you have practically no comforts but you're all alone mm. yeah you didn't say anything about the fishery the, the fishery it yeah. does, it does so, but, and what, i left that out intentionally I yeah. Yeah. because okay. i don't want <laughs> so. these always to come back to banging <laughs> well. fish baby or not <laughs> yeah yeah that's my a lot of the a lot of those remote places i've been like that that are like this is great. You know, they're, they, they were loaded with hammer handle pike. And to be honest, I would rather have gone somewhere that had a little bit better musky population. You know? Yeah. This uh, is, this is a comfort thing. This is a comfort thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, if it's a comfort thing, especially after driving and towing and, and all that stuff, even if it is getting into like city limits and, and towing through that, I'm, I'm still, I'm capable of doing that, but it's the uh, the bed at the end of the day after fishing, uh, and that comfort or the comfort of being able to go pick up some food somewhere. So I'm gonna pick in this uh, if you had to choose the you know the developed area uh, with the bed, especially after towing and fishing all day. Uh, that's kind of time to get r&r and you know have a nice place to to stay at the end of the day so i can get a decent sleep uh rather than setting up a tent and sleeping on rocks <laughs> yeah i guess you could I, also sleep in your vehicle too or your boat if no. necessary but it's just what yeah. you got you know it's not like you're pulling mm-hmm. a camp or two yeah i I'd, I'd, I'd pick the bed in the 
and not in in a hot shower. Yes, yes. Continental breakfast. Oh boy. French toast. That's usually yeah. aren't included in continental breakfast, but <laughs> I'd make it because I'd go up and say, "Do you have anything that I would eat?" I'm pick, I'm picking the I'm picking the 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 nice area. I'm also used to fit, fishing that that stuff, you know. Having crowded a crowded lake and stuff like that and you know. Yeah, I'd have to say the same thing. I've been been there, done that. It was neat sleeping in the parking lot. I remember we were we we, we used to get kicked out because you know we didn't have any money. We were just going fishing, and we would go for the weekend. And at the state parks, you're really not allowed to sleep in the parking lot. And or Todd skateboarding mean, all the time, kicking out of Taco Bell's parking lot the other day. <laughs> says, yeah, there. I can think of one time we were out in. Uh, central pennsylvania at a place and uh you know there's like no one around for some reason reason the uh the the dcnr guy he was not happy with the fact that we was the only ones there but we were sleeping so we had to, we were just sleeping in uh sleeping on on the ground like I, I had my head under the boat like under the boat trailer and uh you know he said oh you can't you can't you guys can't stay here i said so okay so we're going to go back out fishing here. Okay. So, and then he left, and instead of going back out fishing, it started raining. So, we went to this pavilion, and we were sleeping on the picnic tables. And sure enough, he came back, and he's like, guys, you can't sleep here. <laughs> we're like, okay, so we'll go get in the truck. We're going to go fishing. We started the truck, and we slept in the truck. Uh, I used to stay at Chautauqua all the time. We would sleep. I always bought a – I always had a blazer or a Bronco or something, and we would just – fish sleep in the back and get back out fishing and that was fun but i've been there done that uh i need a bed i'm sore at the end of the day i'm tired i want a good night's sleep yeah no doubt i used to, I, I i've slept in my fair share of parking lots up in uh in chautauqua lake storage sheds uh that's storage sheds yeah. state park prendergrass mayville um if you crawl under your tarp, like there was plenty of room in the in the boat to sleep, but uh, God, it stinks in there. Yeah, it stinks. stinks. Like fish. It's all mildew and it's that cuddy cabin smell. <laughs> oh yeah, it's bad. And part of the reason I had to like sleep in the in the parking lots up there is you get up there on the in the summer. It's it's kind of hard to find a place. Uh, yeah, to stay anywhere. Um, Send me like week to week rentals, or you know, and at any given time, those places could get sold out because it is a developed area. So, the parking lot sleeping and sleeping in the truck and reclining the seat, it, it didn't feel good the next day. Going no. to fish back in the day, a hundred dollar motel room just wasn't worth it, right? That's another weekend fishing and generally when you have that insane you know fire not that i don't have that anymore um i just have positioned myself to have areas to sleep uh up at chautauqua lake now but uh i i had a difficult time sleeping in general before those days because i'm like finally up at the lake uh you know i'm going fishing the next couple days and then driving home i'm sleeping in the car and you know i'm like a kid on christmas you know i just like can't wait for you know that first cast in the morning whether it's like 6 a.m or whatever and uh 
So I didn't sleep much. Andy, before. you're camping, I'm sure. You're like I, I, sleeping I, 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 in, in the Belichick. Maybe put two on not? if it's cold. Why not? I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I thought about this one about an hour ago when I was in a nice warm shower. Mm-hmm. And that's really when this one came to me. I'm like, man, how much have we became sissies? Mm. However, it's not bad to be a sissy. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, the thing is, is like if I've never really gone on like a dedicated vacation fishing trip. And yeah, with, with all the crap that I deal with, you know, essentially two jobs and all the family stuff. I almost just don't want to be around people. And even if that means I wake up all hunched over and a pine cone stuck in my ear, and I think I just want to be alone. But that's also coming from a person who doesn't fish much. Yeah, I mean, but you, it's just like those hunting trips you go on. I mean, by no means are those even... No, they I don't even sniff relaxation. Uh, no, they they know. even know that like it's not like, all right, guys, blow the candle out. Yeah, the window's broken, and there's no insulation. It's going to be ten degrees tonight. It's never like that. I kind of like Vance has said, set yourself up to have a nice place, so you can at least close your eyes and be halfway comfortable. Mm-hmm. Because those hunting trips that we've gone on, yeah, the payoff is nice, and you get you know smiles and high fives it's borderline torture being out there just just being out there so i don't want to put this like pristine scenery that i have in my mind is like oh i'm at peace i'm conflicted on this one Mm -hmm. i would like to get away from people because it would be nice to be on a lake that's you know like i'm gonna pick on connie lake if there was just no other boats other than fishing boats that'd be a paradise i can live with the shore scenery but I'm tired of being like, okay, I'm out here, crack at dawn. Here's a true story. <clears throat> I'm out on Conneaut Lake, and I try to plan my trips around weather to keep the yahoos off. Uh, normally during the 4th of July week, our shop shuts down, so I have weekdays available. Now, I still have high school and kids that could drive boats that would have summer vacation, but I try to plan my trip around when I'm like, I think most of America is going to be working this day before they might have a long weekend, however the fourth falls. Anyways, I was out there on one of these days where it was just like fog so thick that you just, you you could not see. And when I say could, like you literally, I was going off my GPS. Mm -hmm. And I just, with the bow mount, got out to the weed bed that I like. And I'm sitting there casting. And I have to just go all off of, you know, feel. You're blind even though everything is white. And then you hear coming up the lake. Like, this boat is not going no wake. And it's... And you're like, oh, man, I'm going to die. Do you know how freaky that is to be in in a fog bank so thick you can't see? And you hear an inboard motor probably pulling a skier. Oh, it's terrible. Getting yeah, louder. Th- I think Todd. Todd, we did I've that for there. a week straight last year. Remember that? that oh yeah. That warm up yeah. in September. Remember how crazy oh, yeah. it got? Mm-hmm. It was like the nicest the whole year was. Yep. But 
uh, it created this incredible fog that didn't lift at points until like 11 yeah. mm-hmm. uh, yeah. a.m. And and it was spotty. Like you, we wouldn't go out in it, but it would like break up, and we were like, okay, well, let's the, go. The cl- I can see enough. Yeah. But then you would get to your spot, and it would be like, okay, it is back. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's comp- I know I scared the crap out of someone on a. Uh, what are those things kayak called? Or uh, a no, board. it was a, a paddleboard, a, a surf a sail sail. It's Boat. like a, a sailboard or what do they call that? Like wind like a windsurfer. Wind windsurf windsurfer. Yeah. And I wasn't going that fast, but I'm standing there <laughs> oh, trying to look doing out there. Like on the <laughs> oh, I don't know what he was thing. doing. And all of a sudden, we see the. Uh, you know, I see this rainbow, huge rainbow windsurf thing. This guy's eyes got huge. He dropped the wind. He dropped the thing. There was hardly even any wind, you know, but he dropped it and like dough off the back. I did a hard left. Just missed him. Like, sorry, dude. I don't know what you're doing out here. Yeah. Let, let <laughs> me like let me be out in this where, you're, you know, the, the main sense that humans rely on eyesight is completely impaired. By the way, I want to do it in the most stealthy way possible by using the wind. I mean, the wind. <laughs> use the wind, sir. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna, you know, like I said, I'm conflicted, but I'm gonna say because I haven't done that roughing it for a fishing trip, put me in the woods. I'm gonna say, what's the worst that can happen? I eat some bluegills raw. Man, bite their know. head off. I don't know, man. I'm not doing it. I don't know. Give me a bed. I don't know. Good thing we don't have to choose. We're just doing it theoretically. Yeah. So, all right. I'm going to get into a story and then a little discussion. Uh, some people may already know what this story is going to be if they saw the Facebook page. I'll just break down the whole story. First, I'll give a geographic layout of all this stuff. So, Todd Vance, bear with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... We have the mighty Mississippi, which if we start going upstream towards my house, you're going to then hit the Ohio. Then you're going to hit the Allegheny, which the Ohio is big. If anyone's ever been over the Ohio, I'm not saying the Mississippi's small. The Ohio is a big river. No doubt. The yeah. Allegheny's a big river. They're running barges on that. What are their locks down by Pittsburgh? Yes. To allow mm-hmm. navigation. Yes. You know, big barges. Then you keep climbing into and i'm not really sure if it'd be considered the middle allegheny but you're going to hit a stream in franklin called french creek which at that point is a decent you're not pulling a barge up it it's kind of treacherous at that point but it's fishable by boat you can then keep going up 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 you're going to hit another tributary which is partially navigable by boat it's the one that i push my boat around in with the fishing rod that splits off into two other ones. It splits into two main creeks, which if it's flooded, I could take my boat up. But for the most part, it would be a really fun creek you would mess around with when you're like, I don't know, a junior in high school with four-wheelers. Not to say that I've done that, but it's not extremely deep, but you could get some carp and stuff to swim up in it. Keep going. It's going to branch. It just I, I'm laying out this thing. It's just going to branch again. To where I'm going to say a beaver could dam it up reasonable, make a little pond, couple acre pond. So it's not, you know, something mighty. You keep going up, it's going to split again. And now you're starting to get into 
essentially like streams that they would put a sluice pipe under a road, not necessarily a bridge. Stuff you don't like. Now, now you're to the point where you can a crayfish creek. I'd call it like jump over it. Yeah, easily. Like a five year old could jump over it. Yeah, like almost step over. It. You can just step from one side to the other. Yes. Mm-hmm. Split that again into a ditch. Mm-hmm. Okay, and literally a ditch that's running through someone's yard. And this ditch is fed by runoff from my yard and my neighbor's pond who's leaking into my property. And on my little property, when we were putting in the the foundation for my pole barn and the pad, I had the guy with the excavator. I said, listen, go back there. I have a swale. It dries up in August. Dig me a frog pond. That's all I'm looking for. Take a couple big scoops of that bucket. Make me a frog pond. And he looked at me a little funny. I said, listen, I got kids. And nothing's more fun for kids than a little pond full of frogs and turtles and lizards and whatever else that would live there, you know. So he did that, and I put a little spillway on this as it, you know, it fills up. It can go somewhere. And that little something is, I'm going to probably say, if you would think, like a PVC pipe, something like, you know, three-inch diameter kind of would trickle out but you know it's a very small flow well that's that's the premise right there so i got a little swale here the other day i was going back i was talking to vance i had my earbuds in i was going to cut down some trees and it was warm out and i go back to my little frog pond and i see that by my spillway is kind of partially washed out I said, what the heck's going on here? So I go, and there's, you know, some stuff plugging it up. I'm like, well, that what's going on? So I go and look to, like, where the water kind of turns into the creek off this spillway. And I put my foot down next to this essentially 10 inches wide of water, maybe two, three inches deep. And I look at my foot within inches of it. I'm like, Vance, there's a muskie by my foot. Which his initial reaction was... Do you remember? What did I say? It was complete denial and practically calling me a liar. (laughs) Really? You're like, no way. He goes, take a picture, send it to me. He's like, are you serious? Like, but it wasn't like you're a liar. I'm hanging up. Well, it's crazy because you know I obviously know what it looks like back there, and Andy has his frog pond, and essentially it drains into it's like a wetland. Uh, You know, it, it. at one point in the year, it could be, you know, like a three-inch puddle that you have to walk through. And then another part of the year, I mean, you know, I'm looking at it, and it's a hard bottom. There's no water there almost, you know. Mm-hmm. Where the spillway goes, there's like skunk cabbage, just a little bit. It's it's a very small area. Like, I'd say maybe the size of an average kitchen in a house. Mm-hmm. It's it's not big. Some cattails, some red brush. It's just a little boggy bottom. Mm-hmm. But there's a like a, a creek channel that goes in it that, believe it or not, I did it with a shovel several years ago just to get that to drain. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you carve it out because if it's just uh, it's all mucky, you got to have a way to. No, get it. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm I know because I'm the same way. I'm picturing this, and it's like it's it's like your yard. You like can mow across this practically. I drive my tractor, yeah, yeah. right next to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just- 
so so this little thing and i so i'm sitting here and i'm a little i'm like how did first off how did i get so close to this thing one two it has to be dead because i got so close to it and then three if it's not dead how can i catch it (laughs) right because anybody that's seen those fingerlings before i mean they go they're crazy Oh, they, they will move so quick, you won't even see them move. It's like they vaporize. They teleport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll see it here, and then you reach for it. It's it's 24 inches over the other way. And you're like, it. I didn't even see that. You couldn't even yeah. see it move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. They almost are faster when they're younger. Yeah. I mean, so it seems, you know. Yeah, because they're just, they're, they're invisible. But I don't know how I caught this with my eye when I did. And. The fact that Vance was on the phone with me when it happened. I think you were you were driving back from Vicks. I was driving back from Vicks. I was very excited. And because this was on Sunday. So I'm like, well, I know my daughter has a butterfly net. Let's see. So I go up and I get it. And I'm like, well, I think I can like wedge it across the little ditch right here, you know, maybe 18 inches, two foot downstream of it. I'm like, well, if I'm I'm going to try, we're going to see what happens. I just want to look at this thing because initially I said musky. Then it's like, wait, it could be a pike. It could be a musky. I don't know because I was caught completely off guard. And the thing blends in so incredibly well. So anyways, after some jacking around, it finally swam into the net. But it didn't just swim. It rocketed into the net. Mm. And... uh well, you tried to catch it a couple times. I, I made I made some attempts, but it wasn't. I was being very gentle. It's still February. I took a little like a reed of sorts, and I put it in the water. I'm like, I'm going to gently coax you into this net, and I actually were pushing it several inches without it actually moving. Then it finally did like this lazy little. I'm going to cross this current and hide under this moss. I was getting the play-by-play, and it was kind of spotty service back there. And he'd be like, oh, my gosh, I missed it, or something like that. And I'm just like, dang it. And the phone would cut out, and I'd be like, what happened? <laughs> no, it's, not. Can, it's not like you can use, lose him, though. He's, like, laying in your yard, practically. <laughs> he, he, Yes, it's in my yard. So, anyways, eventually, like I said, it, it, it did shoot into the net. And I just, like, I got to see this and get a photo of it. So... I, I, I pick up the net, and actually the net I used was like this very tight mesh rubberized trout net that I wanted some game dinner years ago that I just knew someday it'd have a place. <laughs> well, anyway, so I get it. I take a picture of it, and I'm, I start sending it out. And the big question is, is this a pike or a muskie? Because when you look at those little baby guys, I, I, I can't tell the difference. There's not enough profile to, to really hard. see. Mm-hmm. So, how long is this fish? Maximum six inches. Six inches. Okay. And and so then it starts playing around in my head. If this fish was a year old, it yes. should have been bigger than six inches. Yep. Right. Yeah. There's just so many things going through my head at that time too. I'm yeah. Like, like, how did it get there? Is this it, is the middle of the winter. How is it a? I don't think they're stocking. <laughs> Yeah. And how did it? Well, they, they were stocking them bigger than that in the fall. Mm-hmm. The fall yeah. stockings of muskies are generally bigger than six inches. Yeah, and then I'm thinking, like, oh my gosh, is this like a natural fish? You know, is this right natural reproduction? So I'm like, okay, so this thing's a runt, 
and it somehow it found its way to my yard. And so I got it in this net, and I'm looking at it. I take some pictures of it. Then I kind of take it up the spillway, and I had to let it go. I let it go in the frog pond, which legally did I take possession of that fish. It never really left the water. I kind of took him up what he could have done himself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, your, your, your frog pond doesn't dry up, does it, Andy? No, it doesn't. No, yeah, I didn't think so. If he wants to, any day of the year, he could swim right out of it. Oh, he can? Yeah. By going down the pipe? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, he goes down the little spillway. He's right exactly where he was at. It's it's We're talking feet. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And oh, I'm, yeah. I'm like... Let's go, you know. Let's let's get a twenty gallon tank. Let's get this. Let's keep this thing as a pet. I want it in the podcast studio, you know. Let's go. Yeah, and feed it goldfish, <laughs> like the crackers, not the real fish. It's be vegan. <laughs> but you were conflicted. I was conflicted because on one hand, it's like, buddy, I don't know where you came from. I don't know. I just know you were here, and this this is a spot like occasionally during the right time of the year, I might see some minnows of sorts. I don't even know what kind of minnows these things are. There's like the really small ones that might be like an inch that literally look like a black, like pine needle. How how about when your, uh, your frog pond was essentially just a spot in the yard and then you dug a hole, you put water in it and we saw minnows in there the one day. Right. Now this, I'm going to explain my frog pond a little bit more. My frog pond might be 15 feet by 10 feet. It's an irregular shape, and it might be three feet deep. Now, yeah, the, pretty deep. Yeah, it, it, yes, that's what I remember looking at. It's pretty deep for a little. It's not just a little carve in the ground. It's No, it was done by a big it. excavator. Mm, yeah, yeah, a couple of real scoops, yeah. Big, you know, scoops of an excavator. It probably took them less than 10 minutes to dig it. I didn't want something giant. I wanted something like I explained for the kids yeah. and something that deer and other animals can come take a drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause those are some of the coolest trail camera photos of, you know, what animals do by water. So, um, the other reason why I wanted that frog pond right there was while doing work on the property, when we first bought it, whatever, five, six years ago, there was a corrugated pipe sticking out of this swale right there that ran cold water all year long. It didn't matter what we could have not had rain for a thousand days and it was still cranking water, some amount of water. And I said, I want to capitalize on that. Now, granted, I do have other, other factors of this, you know, just natural drainage off the land. And so someone, someone prior to you tapped into it, like a, it used to be farmland. It used to be farmland and they must've tiled it of some sort. Yeah. Cause I have, and they tapped into, uh, you know, just a spring, a vein of water somehow. Uh, Yes. Yeah. And so that's why I would even like last year, last August, it was really dry. Perfect spot for a pond. Yeah. It, and it, yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's feeding water that's cold all year round. And it was great for little bugs and whatever. So, I was conflicted, like, do I move you these couple feet, though you could leave anytime you want, or just let you go and part ways? Well, I put him in my pond. I moved him the couple feet, put him in the pond. And then I go, and 
hop on social media and say, what is this, baby pike, baby muskie? And almost instantly, people knew the answer. But I wasn't sure of the answer right out of the gate. And someone said, it's obviously a pickerel. And the only pickerels that I knew in this area were the invasive chain pickerel that people put in a lake, you know, several miles, more than several miles from here. And as they said, oh, it's it's the marking by the eye gives it away. It's a grass pickerel. So I go hop on, you know, Google and sure enough, the eye marking was the same as the drawing rendition and all the other stuff. Initially, I thought that my little my little guy was in prison because he had a teardrop tattoo under his eye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I guess that's common. So my little fighter there um, wasn't as mean as I thought he was. So well, he's a grass pickerel, and he lived in the grass, basically. That's literally like... In the grass. Like, <laughs> he would have never made it back out of there. I mean, he could. I mean, he got up there. I mean, yeah, I, I don't during during a during flood. I, I mean, I, I think about that, and I and, I, and I'm we're, we're we're flooded right now. I mean, there's water flowing places. Yeah, like it normally it doesn't flow, and he just decided I'm getting out of the dodge here, and he went up as far as he could to your as far as he wanted to go. I mean, he'd have a, a swift little current real quick, but yeah, he. Um, so I mean I I don't I don't know I mean on one hand I'm like it's winter were you here all winter? Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, it's winter. Why would you swim like a salmon up this mm-hmm. ditch that's filled? You know, it's it's. If you saw this, it would not even be like, oh, let's stop and look at this for stuff. It, it's just let's step over yes. it. You could step over six of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I mean I I know what you're. That's this is amazing to me because I think I. And you even did the, you sent me the shot downstream. Yes, I, I, I <laughs> down, turned. Down ditch, and it does look a little different than I remember because there's actually some water there. But I'm like, there's, that's crazy that that guy swam through that stuff. So, yeah. So, I then, you know, I do some research on this, and they are native to this watershed. It hmm. and you know as I did some reading, you know they like they're not as popular as a game fish as a pike or a muskie because of their size, they're gonna top out a gigantic ones fifteen sixteen. Mm-hmm. An average is gonna be about twelve ten to twelve. So then that got me to think some more. I'm like, okay, so if this guy's at say six inches and he's gonna top out at ten to twelve, is this fish two or three years old? A couple years old, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, there. You, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I, and I, I tried. What did, did, did you did you look at growth rate or anything? I googled that, and believe it or not, there was nothing. Yeah, not many people are questioning the growth rates of grass crazy how crazy how much it looks like to me more like a little musky. Like it doesn't look like our chain pickerel because it doesn't have those bars, uh, those, those chain chainy bars. Yeah. you know what I mean. It had or, or chainy spots. It's it's yeah. more like some bars on there. Yeah, I was th- I was thinking about that. Uh, you know, when when it when I got to look at it, it, it looked like a musky. I mean, the the striping on it and everything like that. I was like, yeah. And I, I one thing that I did notice, like right off the bat, I'm like, man, his head looks a little squished. Like maybe he's deformed, or you know, yeah. what? maybe he's a baby, and you know, like like a 
like a newborn actual human, their heads aren't always. Mm. They got to maybe he, grow into it. <laughs> he did have a. He did have like a smushed head a little bit. Yeah, but that's what it looked like. Yeah, yeah, that's that's from running into the blades of grass the whole way up there. Yeah, I'm probably in, in <laughs> d- digging himself a channel to swim up. Yeah, <laughs> it's a shovel nose. Yeah. So, so anyway, so th- this guy now is is here. He's I don't know how, but he's here, and he just hit the jackpot if he decides to stay. For all I know, he could just be heading, continuing up the ditch mm-hmm. because there's nothing holding this fish here other than just, like, if he was smart, he'd be staying there. There's tons of tadpoles and water bugs, and I'm sure there's some kind of, like, salamanders or newts, whatever the one lives in water, and uh, they're all salamanders to me. And I'm sure there's some kind of minnows in there. But, um, so he will be king of the frog pond if he stays. He will be. And now every day since then, I'm going back to see if there's more. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't make, it, yeah. you know, you know, I've talked about like the, like I target these fall muskies as they kind of do this like congregation in the river and they do somewhat make a spawning run. They'll head upstream. And I'm sure there are some in the bigger waters that a boat can get to fish, but man, they're the perfect size to swallow. You know, if, if you think about a pike, mm-hmm. even a 10 inch pike would just be like, oh, that's easy. Gulp. Yeah. So they're probably easy pickings other than they're just lightning fast. So they're going to be thriving in the smaller, shallower waters. But I didn't think it was that small. So I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, okay, so this guy went upstream to spawn. He wouldn't come here if there weren't friends. And maybe this is something I just discovered that I could find year after year is there might be a small local population of these grass pickerel in my yard. That's insane. Like I said, I'm thinking of your, I, I I just can't get over. Yeah. You think it like little, you know, cricks like that and it takes me back to you know being when i was younger i I used to you know look for crayfish Mm -hmm. now you have this little puddle in the backyard here and there's crayfish and there's these like little musky looking things it's crazy Mm -hmm. you never think that that would be in that area no, and I didn't even know these fish were on the radar here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't either. Because you know, it's not that far from where this ditch enters a you know a stream that you're like, okay, I'm going to step over right here. Like this ditch, I I, I want to describe this well enough for the listeners. If you took your heel in the muck and you drug it backwards, that's your ditch. It's yeah. it's about that, mm-hmm. 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 and. You know, you get the water to collect. Only there's a little bit of flow there. So it's probably 50 feet at max, 30 to 50 feet from where I found the pickerel to where it meets up a that that stream that I described that you'd probably put a two or three foot diameter sluice pipe under a road. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it might be 75, 100 yards before it meets up to the little bit bigger stream where 
that's not on my property, though I have walked back there to see where the confluence of this was. And it's just, it's so thick back there. It's red brush. And this, this stream, while you could not navigate it with a kayak under normal conditions, the red brush can grow a canopy over it. So that kind of gives an idea of on the width of this. But there's some deep spots there that now might be shaded enough all summer to house a little population of these little Esocs living back where the deer I want to kill yeah. live. And it's it, so all of this stuff goes through my head and I start thinking about just life in scale. That six inch pickerel was like a four foot muskie in a one acre pond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's, I mean, he was, even though he was so tiny to me that I, I barely picked up it. One of the smallest, you know, I, I want to say fingerlings that I've seen. I've seen a lot of fingerlings dumped off in, into boat launches in the fall where they stock them. One of the, on the smaller end, he was the big fish in that stream. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, could not, he, he couldn't eat a crayfish that was an inch and a half. Right. No. He was eating. You, I mean, I, are are you starting on the one inch raptor yet, so you can see if he'll savagely <laughs> attack it? I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna pull out <laughs> the spinning rod. I'm actually gonna yeah. need like a noodle rod on this because there's no way I could cast it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but it it, it kind of puts things in perspective here. It's like you drive over all this stuff. And I mean, and you can do this with hunting and trapping and stuff, but never once did I, I'm like, if I would have seen some minnows there, I'd be like, Oh, that's cool. Let's catch them and let the kids play with them in a bucket for an hour and then dump them back in. But how many of these places all around, you know, the people that listen have these little honey holes that support this scale and variance, smaller fish, that maintain the same ecosystem as, say, a big giant river or a lake. Yeah. I mean, how, how many of these things do you pass? Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I yeah. mean. You, you see a stream, I think there's crayfish in there or something, little minnow. Yeah. You Not use... an Esox thing. You know, that's that's just crazy. And I, Na- I, I, nature's, I, nature's crazy. I, know. I mean, I go. I you know looked at grass pickerel on YouTube and whatnot. They're really aggressive. Uh, some people do have them as pets in tanks and stuff like that, and they're taking little goldfish and minnows on you know head first, just like a muskie. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, they're almost just like nature's like micro vacuum cleaners. <laughs> They're just going to take out, you know, the big minnows. Mm-hmm. Maybe the big minnows are... I've used shiners bigger than this on yeah. tip-ups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now this has an interest in me, has interested me into... I know where there's a couple other bigger holes on, like, the, the little stream that this was connected to. I, I can't imagine that it's a fluke that there's just one there. Right. Yeah. I, so if there's one, there has to be a breeding population. There's no stocking on these. I don't even know if there's size limits on these. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there is. I mean, when you first said, I mean, do you remember I did know something about it? I said there is something called like a grass pike or something. Mm-hmm. 
So at this rate, I could have like a five-star fishery in my yard for grass pickerel. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, then I then I start then you start thinking about what happens if I find like two, three, four, five, six more of these things. Mm-hmm. And I just flop them up the spillway and mm-hmm. into the pond and then now I might have a breeding population of these things. Yeah. Be cool. You might not see as many tadpoles. No. Yeah, and that, I also I there was a little bit of me when I let that thing swim. I'm like, man, I just ruined a lot of little mm-hmm. whatever creatures day now that they just can't go out and play all the time. In your frog pond. In my frog <laughs> pond. Because you know, that there was you know, in that little creek and stuff like that, when I was um trying to scoop them up, there was like a little green crayfish. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you were probably going to be dinner if I wasn't here interrupting. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine that there's some type of, you know, at least some kind of crayfish in my little pond. But yeah, they're screwed. All these little tadpoles in the spring. Yeah, they're going to be eating any minnows. That's something something to do with the, the kids now. You got You guys could go on a trek back there and look for, you can call them baby muskies. You know, they yeah. would, they, the, your kids would go nuts. Well, that's what it was initially because I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And when I, once I figured it out and I'm like, I showed the kids, I'm like, this is a pickerel. And my daughter's like, no, that's a baby muskie. You told me it was a baby muskie. <laughs> said, well, now I know it's a, it's a grass pickerel. And they were back there tonight trying to see if they could find one. If they found one, they'd probably not catch it. They're not, mm-hmm. I could barely catch it. Yeah. They'd probably have no problem, but did did you see? Is have you seen it in the frog pond? Since? I I went back and looked, and no, no, it's a needle in a haystack at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could clear out some of the weeds and stuff, I might be able to. But that thing is just like jackpot. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Like I said, he could have just started going upstream. He could go upstream mm-hmm. for another hundred yards. Then he'd be pretty sad mm-hmm. when I light that bonfire. But um. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or, when, when, or if it quits raining, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'd have to turn yeah. around, and then my ducks would find it and probably eat it. <laughs> so this is this is pretty cool. There's a cool way to tie this into the musky fishing. <clears throat> so we're not talking about a ditch, but Andy, you you fished. Uh, You've been on Mille Lacs. Mm-hmm. You've fished Chautauqua. Mm-hmm. You fish a lot of the local lakes, big lakes where, you know, big muskies. And uh, where is your biggest, where where'd your biggest muskie come from? Bank Yankin. Bank Yankin. And on a stream you can cast across with an underhand little throw. Yes. That's your biggest fish. Which is... If you were to know where my house is and where this fish was, probably, I'm going to be bad at guessing here, two miles mm-hmm. from pickerel to my personal best. That's two great. miles if you were like sitting in on like a little rubber ducky floating down the creek. Yeah. And personal best. And it wasn't a personal best of 42. It was a personal best of 50. One and a half. 51 and a half. Yes. Yes. I I have the same. I mean, I'm in the same story. I fished all over Pennsylvania, 
kinzu. I mean, I fished all over, and I've caught lots of bigger fish than this, but my biggest fish in Pennsylvania came from a little stream that I can't cast across it underhanded, but I can cast across it. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest Pennsylvania fish, and it was 51 and a half. Out of all the fishing I've done, all the lakes, Kinzu, Moraine, Glendale, South, oh, back, yeah, you'd, you'd name 40 of them, you know, the places I've fished in Pennsylvania. And spent days and days trolling out, you know, weeks, months, if you added them up. And a little stream that you're not expecting. In your backyard. <laughs> It, and it was in my backyard from where I grew up. It was over the hill. I Isn't it touching your, your, your grandparents' property? Uh, downstream, about another quarter mile, it would have bordered the property. I okay. mean, that fish was almost on our property. Almost on home property. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest one out of all the fishing I've done in Pennsylvania in a little stream. Yeah. So these streams are crazy. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, because there there was a lot of time to reflect because it, there was, I wasn't expecting. Is it earth shattering? No, but it was really interesting to see because mm-hmm. we had this little warm up in February. People get stir crazy. They go out there and you accidentally stumble into this stuff. If you were to say, and I suck at, you know, sh- antler shed hunting. I, I try. I suck at it. I was, I was drawing that comparison i was thinking of that when you found this little fish so for people who don't know white-tailed deer you know any 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 animal that has antlers they fall off and then they grow new ones so right about this time of year some have fallen some haven't you know they say dropped so a, a typical buck will have two antlers and it'll drop sometimes the same place sometimes miles apart and you go walking through the woods and you try to find them and then you sit back and think this is where this deer was the exact moment these antlers popped off his head. And mm-hmm. I've only found one in Pennsylvania. I found one in Kentucky. And I've been doing it for a couple of years. I don't have the time or the miles that a lot of other really good shed hunters have. But I've put in a fair amount of effort. I think, I mean, and of course, you do get lucky sometimes. But if, you know, there was, there was a day not long ago I had like four bucks in my backyard one of them had one antler, and the other ones had carrying both. Both, and I'm like, I'm gonna find one of those. You want the real challenge? Find a grass pickerel in your yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because there's two on each buck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Find a grass pickerel swimming through the grass. Essentially, yeah. It's it's yeah. In the it summer, when, when it and it gets like the green on it, it's. It's almost mowable. I mean, you'd get your mower yeah. stuck, but you could weed whack it very easily. <laughs> it's insane. But, uh, you know, like that the new Jurassic Park movie, they have that one line, it's life finds a way. Yeah. And it's just like, how did this thing find its way? Let alone me finding it. Because if I would have just been walking back like, oh, everything's normal here at the pond, I would have been feet away from this thing and never known it was there. Mm-hmm. It's it's the small stupid little things in life that give you the biggest kick. Mm-hmm. And uh, life finds a way. Ian Malkin, Jurassic Park one, Pittsburgh guy. Okay, now who said it on Jurassic Park? Whatever five. I don't know. Some wannabe. Some wannabe. Yeah, no, there's nothing like the first one. But uh, 
I think Vance knows this. I don't think I told Todd this. I named the grass pickerel Mitch. Yes. Oh. <laughs> That's it. So you've essentially doomed him. Nope. He's going <laughs> to. I've already disappear. lost him. I don't know where he's at. Okay. He's so lost, yeah. <laughs> I got an idea. <laughs> but, you know, you actually, you, you think about this. Like I, when I was showing some guys at work about this, they're like, you know, that's about the size of a brookie in the mountains. Like a, a native. A native you know, brookie. people go out fishing for natives. They're yeah. smaller than your hand. They, they are tiny. And, and to give the idea, I've never done this. It seems kind of cool to me. But when, when I was describing it to some of the coworkers, it seems kind of weird. So you got these like mountain spring creeks in the middle of Pennsylvania that are a little bit bigger than what I was describing Mitch, you know, pickerel Mitch in. And they hold this population of trout, native brook trout, which is the state fish for Pennsylvania. And they go up there and they try to catch them, and they do. And they're like six inches. They're beautiful. And at the same time, like, man, this thing's got to be really fragile. Because they're, I don't know what they're going. Was it like runoff from the snow? Todd, do you know any of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I used to catch them. We, we we did do that when I lived in Johnstown. There were some little streams that we fished, and you'd catch these little natives. You could jump little, across they, they were the little, like little sap. Oh, yeah, just... Yeah. You put one foot on each side, and mm-hmm. you know they're cool. They're unbelievably gorgeous little fish. They're so cool looking. They have big heads. They're ferocious, uh, but they're minnows. They, 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 it has to be a hard <laughs> yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you yeah. think about it. You get one rock to fall off this mountain and plug off the stream. Mm-hmm. It could kill a whole whole stream's yeah. worth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or he could be stuck in an area for a while until there's another rainstorm. Uh, yeah, that's how I usually would get them, you know? <laughs> some 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 of the areas dry up on there, you know what I mean? Uh, sometimes it's not even flowing, but you can still. They got to eat. I remember, do, still I remember doing that. I, you know, when I would catch his little natives, I, I would look in a hole where there's obviously not a lot of run, water going into, and I'd be like, oh, look at all those little trout down there. You stick a little piece of worm down there, a maggot or something, catch it, and I would go and release it into the into the bigger part of the stream. There you go, and it promptly gets eaten up by a yeah, bigger trout, like by a, a stock <laughs> trout, and yeah, immediately gets taken away from a hawk or something like that. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm freeing you. It's like those people that rehabilitate those seals to let them go and have an orca nail them immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I'm sitting here thinking, like, you know, you got these little streams in this pristine, big woods, Allegheny National Forest kind of stuff. And wait a minute. So you're telling me you're fishing for a fish that's been here forever on top of a mountain? What's more out of place than a fish on a mountain? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. What's more out of place? A little pickerel in a yard. Yes. So it's just, it's crazy. Like when, when... when I was sitting back trying to do these comparisons in my head, and you know, even if I wouldn't have caught that thing, it's still a cool story. But I'm glad that it did go in the net because then I could take a picture and people would believe me. Mm-hmm. And Vance is like, "I told you, you were lying to me." Not. <laughs> hey man, it's been a rough winter. That was a neat story. You so know? I'm and on it, the board, and, and I'm. Com- yeah, you're not on the board for muskies. 
<laughs> Esox, I am. For you are. You know, you're, you're, how many how many grass pickerels have you caught? You're in you're in the lead. I I'm mean, starting a grass pickerel p- podcast. I the GPP be, beating both me and Todd right now. All the GPP that sounds rappable. <laughs> oh my gosh, you down with? Yeah, PPP. you know me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there you, go. you go. Todd, resist. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is rappable. The GPP. Yeah. So, I mean, it's something I, I never, I learned something. I never thought that would be possible. And now when I'm walking through little areas like this, I'm going to be like, hmm, maybe I'll stumble across a Esau's, you know? An e oh, Yeah, it's crazy. Like <laughs> if it was like a sucker or something, I'm like, oh, look at that. That thing's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, so I got a top shelf predator that gets micro size. Which you know, I still wish I, I gotta I gotta do my research, but that would be cool if if I saw Mitch a couple times. I'm gonna keep an eye out for him. Mm-hmm. Pickerel Mitch. He might have, have to buy some. Already. You you might have to you might have to try to, if, you, if you if you do start seeing him, you might have to make sure he's got some minnows to eat. Well, and that's the other thing. I'm like, man, I gotta get minnows. I'm like, oh, I'll just go to the bait store, pick up two dozen, and dump them in. God, that would uh, you'd have a neat little pond to put some. It would be neat to put a couple koi in there. Yeah. You know, like a couple goldfish or something. They'd probably love to stay in there. They'll have big bite marks in the side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super neat. But, um, so that's that's the grass pickerel story. It's oh. it's February. It's nice out. Ten days forecast is looking decent. Yeah, if it doesn't rain or anything like that, that it could all dry up back there. Well, I got that spring or whatever, that yeah. tile that just cranks water. The, the, I mean, those areas that they're in, though, obviously parts of them are going to Oh, yeah the, yeah, stuff, the, you know? the, yeah, the water will quit running, mm-hmm. you know, unless there's rain, which it's also like, how far did it travel? Mm-hmm. Where was it born at? Yeah. Why was it here? Nuts. I don't know. Nuts. So, anyways... We'll keep you guys posted on Pickerel Mitch. The Muskie Max is in two weeks. Week and a half, yeah. We'll punch out one more of these podcasts. Maybe do a little talking to Chautauqua Lake and what's going on up there with the weeds. That will, uh, yeah, we could do one there. Yeah. I had some. I got some information today. It's 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 a big. It's there's 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 a big thing going on up at uh, Chautauqua right now and. Yeah, we'll we'll, we can do. we'll touch touch on that. I'm sure that Chautauqua was not the first place for this to uh, be proposed at, but there's uh, going to be some. They're proposing some type of chemical uh, weed kill, and uh, Todd got some information this week here, and we'll uh, touch on it next week or something. It would be interesting. We we talked to Jim Evers, at least I did, on the way to Vix Saturday, and we got the good go ahead. For that new on-the-board biologist. It'd be an interesting topic. You know, it's probably going to be, be a couple weeks. We're going to try to get her on. But that, that would be something interesting to at least try to touch base on. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that would be great. So that's interesting. One last thing about Pickerel Mitch, and this is a question that I don't know the answer to. 
since that fish was completely on my property, do you need a fishing license to go after them? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm legal, but it's still, it's one of those. Yeah. If you have a farm pond and you want to go and catch a bluegill and it outflows, obviously most farm ponds have an outflow. What, what, that's a gray area. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think you need a license to fish on a privately owned farm pond. No. If I it, don't think it's the same as like a pay lake. I don't know. I mean, I it's, think, I think it's, it's one of these that poses the question mm-hmm. and why I felt justified in doing what I did by just taking it up the spillway a couple feet. So, but I'm like, it's all on my property. This fish yeah. is, I don't know. Anyways, a lot of, a lot of weird things, but if he wants to leave, he can leave. So no harm, no foul. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's the last thing. Pick roll Mitch for now. So Muskie Max, we guys were talking. We're going to be there with bells on. We're going to watch some booths sell out immediately. Mm-hmm. Bells on and uh, cutouts on board. And mm-hmm. cutoffs. Billage. And cutoffs. We're all going to wear Belichick's. Really? Yes. No. No. <laughs> Unless Andy's buying. I'll buy. I'll, I'll, I'll Belichick. Uh, I will, yeah. I'll the, wear one. Can't Belichick a Muddy Creek shirt? Or... If you want to lose half the website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be WWMC. Yeah. Hey, there you go. You got MC Todd over there. Mm-hmm. I'll wear one. Can't touch this. Give me one size large. We'll We'll do it up. Don't tempt me. I'll wear it. All right. It's probably going to be cold in there. I like it. We'll so. all match. We should. All right. We got Muskies INC. Mm-hmm. Check them out. We had a great podcast recently with Zach. He talked about his chapter and getting it all started and vice president and a whole bunch of stuff with Zach. We also had the Muskies Inc. Wide Join with Jim Evers. Another great informative podcast. So check them out. Check out the uh, local chapters in your area or be not affiliated or what is that? I can't even remember. Yes, you can do non-affiliated. And I there we go. You can do an online membership. Okay. So there you go. 45 bucks a year. Any more that's like depending on which bait you buy. Half the price of a bait or a little bit more than a bait. Um, Vix, Marine, Ranger Boats, St. Croix Rods, Best Rods on Earth, Fatty Z Musky Products, MC Fishing Guys, Muddy Creek. And don't forget to check out the Chautauqua Lake Show down uh, the tournament Zach's putting on uh, June 23rd at Chautauqua Lake. That lake's going to be, there's going to be a lot of people out that day. Yeah, it's going to be banging up there. There might be no weeds. We'll see. We'll talk about oh, it there, next week. There, there will be there weeds. Will be weeds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> With that, we're signing off. Guys, go check your yards. You might have some great fishing. Good luck. <laughs>